to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is the greatest underrated stars from the 2000s to present day. Before we get into our stars specifically, we picked an honorable mention for today's show, and that is Sharif Abdurrahim. Jalen, what makes Sharif Abdurrahim such a underrated basketball player? He is the only player besides Mike Bibby that I think of when you think about the Vancouver Grizzlies. Literally, when you think about his time at Vancouver, his ability to score the ball at a high clip, that backcourt as a whole, considering Mike Bibby was still trying to get into his own um, as a younger player, um, he was just a dynamic playmaker and definitely a scorer for that team. I mean, the Vancouver Grizzlies, everybody loves the throwback jerseys, but I think a lot of people don't remember just how offensively potent their team was as a whole, and Raheem was definitely the driving force of that for sure. You mentioned those jerseys. They're definitely in my top five for uh, most interesting-looking jerseys, but also that team in general, is, it's just a forgettable team. You talk about Sharif Abdurrahim, though, part of the legendary 96 draft class with Kobe, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash, Pesha Stoyakovich, Stefan Marbury. Like, he had a very strong inside game. Didn't have a bad shooting percentage from behind the arc, but steadily got better when he played more seasons. I thought he was a very consistent shooter because he didn't, he didn't shoot below 40% from the field until the last season of his career in 2007 averaging 18-8 and eight in his career, but he had multiple seasons, averaging 20-plus a game, mainly in his time with Vancouver. And I thought he was really the lone star on this Vancouver team that really wasn't very good and was attracting very little attention. And unfortunately, it's, it's sad that his time in Vancouver is really getting overlooked because he was the third pick in the 96 draft. And like the names I mentioned before, He was really overlooked considering how much talent was really in the 96 draft class. And he also wouldn't become an all-star until he went to Atlanta after Vancouver moved to Memphis. And at that time, he was averaging 21 and 9. So I think picking up with your last take, starting with an all-star, I think we should jump right into the underrated players. And mine personally is Rip Hamilton. For those who do not know who Richard Hamilton is, he is probably one of the most dynamic scorers outside of Isaiah Thomas that the Pistons have ever had in Detroit history in terms of his ability to get to the rim. He is a constant mover on the floor, three-time All-Star, averaged 18 or more points in eight of the 14 seasons that he played, and obviously he was one of the driving forces for their championship team in 2004. My question to you when it comes to Rip Hamilton is, is there any moment, is there anything about Rip Hamilton that comes to mind that you just like, yep, that's the guy, that's the guy? 
It's weird that you bring him up because you forgot to mention that he played with Michael Jordan in Washington. (laughs) How can we not forget that a young Richard Hamilton played with a, was it like a 36, 37 year old Michael Jordan who was on a two year deal with the Wizards? I don't even know how he gets overlooked for that aspect considering he played with one of the greatest of all time and basically learned from him at the same time, even though even though he kind of didn't really fit in in Washington. I mean, that team was average, like a 37-win team. But he was, able to go to, he was able to go to Detroit where he became a legitimate star. And I think you're right. He makes a great case for being an underrated player, mainly in his time with Detroit. In the previous episode, we talked about how well he was during the season and how well he contributed in the playoffs. I think with a guy like Richard Hamilton – often overlooked as a star on the Pistons. Because a lot of people refer – a lot. when a lot of people think of the Pistons, they think of like Chauncey Billups, they think of Rasheed Wallace, they think of uh, Ben Wallace. It's almost like overlooked how good Rip Hamilton was in Detroit. The other thing that's overlooked that I think we need to factor in, Ryan, is he practically invented the masked game. I mean, come on now. It's like one of the most iconic things on Twitter when it's like, LeBron drops 60 with the black mask. Kobe drops freaking 54 or something like that with the clear mask on. Kyrie's 40-point game with the mask on. Rip Hamilton was the epitome of the mask score. You would have essentially assumed at one point that he just liked wearing the mask and it had nothing to do with the fact that he had gotten his nose broken at one point um, midway through one of his earlier seasons with Detroit. But, I mean, it's one of the – most interesting things about his game because you know that's that's relatively an inhibitor I feel like having the mask on I mean granted like you said before there's a lot of historical games where players have actually almost thrived either in spite of it or some would almost say because of the mask depending on how you want to look at it and he really kind of I wouldn't say put it on the map because it's not like some type of fashion trend in terms of the league or anything but he just showed how something like that doesn't necessarily have to inhibit his ability to play the game and his it shows his overall skill and he's also one of those players similar to like Reggie Miller and like Ray Allen that are associated with being constant movers off the ball and the offenses like there are today Rip Hamilton would play ridiculously as a catch and shoot type player that also can play without the ball in terms of coming off pick and rolls and different things like that. I think everything about Rip Hamilton's game could translate to today's game, and I think that's what makes him such a dynamic player. Do you have another player that we just completely overlooked that needs a little bit more love, my guy? Anton Jameson. Anton Jameson. I I think – listen, I think about him as the guy – in the same draft class as Vince Carter, in the same draft class as Paul Pierce. It's crazy that he's not really a guy that a lot of people associate with because he was on a bad team for most of his career with the Golden State Warriors. Much like Sharif Abdurrahim, he averaged 20-plus points per game in six different seasons. But his 2000 season comes to mind. He averaged 25-9. and It basically was the season that put him on the map. He also had that duel with Kobe Bryant when the teams met for their second matchup that season where Kobe and Jamison both had 51 points. 
I think he could take advantage of the mismatches because he could switch from the three to the four. He wasn't really like an explosive scorer, but I thought he had the basic fundamentals to make him an all-around player. Again, this is another one where he unfortunately ran into LeBron and other circumstances because the Warriors really weren't that good of a team at that time. Keep in mind, this was the gap between the run TMC Warriors and the We Believe Warriors. It's just unfortunate that he ran into LeBron and the Cavs when he went to the uh, Wizards. And with the Warriors being a bad team, it really didn't help him at all or make any, or make any matters better. My question was that, barring the trade when he went to the Wizards, how dynamic would he have been if he was on the We Believe Warriors team? Wow. Okay, see, see, this is, this is why I'm glad that you decided to leave this as a surprise player for this segment. Because honestly, that when it comes to him as a dynamic big man, I feel like that is one of the players – that they were missing. We understand that they had quote unquote forwards for days. I mean, they had Matt Barnes, they had Steven Jackson. I mean, they, of course they had dynamic players and Baron Davis as well. But I think that having a big man who could put the ball on the floor and score inside would have definitely changed the way their running gun offense worked because I mean, they definitely were a heavily athletic based team especially with guys like Jason Richardson who like lived above the rim back then before like converting it to like a three-point shooter so I really think that for a squad like that if he could have continued to keep pressure on opposing teams big men the way he is like relatively done the way he did relatively over his career I think on a team like that it would have really exploited and in a certain way, I think actually have helped him out in terms of displaying his athletic ability. Yes, I think it would have, I think it would have only exploited him in the terms of continuing to make him a bit of a liability as a defensive player, because I feel like they're so run and gun that they might not have, he might not have put as much emphasis on defense, but I think that it would have made him so much better of a offensive player playing in a system like that that I think it would have worked out for both parties yeah that's a that is a solid solid take right there honestly crazy to think how how forgotten he kind of is especially considering that he was able to make the playoffs in all four of his seasons with the Wizards and I think that if he if he stuck around for that we believe era they definitely could have been a formidable team in the future, not only taking down the Mavericks, but also taking down the Utah Jazz at that time. Who is your second underrated player? So my second player is Kevin Martin. And the reason why I picked him is, I mean, he's not an all-star. He's never won a championship, but he, he was an offensive flamethrower in terms of his tenure in the league. I mean, averaged 19-plus points in nine of his 14 seasons. I mean, he averaged 20 or more between playing for the Kings, Houston. He even had a little stint with the Spurs where he wasn't as much of a an offensive option on their team, but he provided three-point shooting off the bench for them. And unfortunately, he played for them around the time that they were going up against the Heat every year. So that kind of got a little difficult in terms of being able to win a championship. But I think. 
when you look at the way the league is transitioned towards this very guard heavy dynamic scoring play off the ball use pick and roll everything about his game similar to how my take was with Hamilton I feel like Martin's game could translate to the way the game is played today and I feel like the most impressive thing about the way he played was no matter what team he was on he was always a threat to score that we we have this unfortunate thing about third wheels on teams and things like that where it tends to be where whoever the third player is in the trio tends to always be the one that falls off Chris Bosh Kevin Love etc etc and it's one of those things where like Kevin Martin there was a time where he was playing off the bench as a dynamic scorer off the bench for the Oklahoma City Thunder when they were going for championship stretches and I think he was taking up spots where players like Dabo Sevalosha, who are great defensively, were not very potent offensively, and it kind of watered their team down because it made it more a KD and Russell Westbrook show. And somebody like Kevin Martin changed their dynamic, especially coming off the bench, kind of similar to James Harden, but maybe not to the same level in terms of like distributing the ball, being able to play point guard, things like that. But I just think that Kevin Martin's ability to score is something that just like continues to get overshadowed because maybe he's not in the top 20 in scoring lists and things like that or you know ever won a scoring title but that I don't think that should undermine his ability to put the ball in the basket my question to you about Kevin Martin really would be is do you remember him more for his time in Houston or somewhere else I remember his time in Sacramento and here's why he was a shining star on a team that was basically rebuilding from the great 2000, the early 2000s Sacramento Kings teams that were phenomenal passers. You had very little to like once they were all gone. Mike Bibby was gone at this time. Peja was gone. Chris was Chris Webber was long gone. Fly Divash was retired. Brad Miller was actually in Houston. It's just unfortunate considering Kevin Martin was on a team that was basically rebuilding after 2006. I actually remember him not only with the Kings, but him having kind of a weird shooting form in 2K. I don't really know. <laughs> I just, I, it was kind of like, it was a weird shooting form, but it was effective. I think he was able to, to become an underrated player and a name that nobody really talks about to this day. So I think that's a solid take on your part, Jalen. So, I mean, I and I appreciate the take. And honestly, I think the biggest thing is, like, when it comes to him as a player, I feel like he also has been a little overshadowed by the fact that he always tends to be either on a struggling team that needs a dynamic score or ends up on a team that doesn't necessarily need a score, but he still just ends up providing it. Leaving off on that note, I really want to know who your second player is. My second player was drafted in the second round of 1998 and was also an NBA champion with the Miami Heat and a two-time All-Star, Rashard Lewis. Oh, man, bringing the bangers today. If you think about about Rashard Lewis for a second, a 6'10 power forward, in some cases, a small forward 
Much like Antoine Jameson, he could shift from the three to the four and take advantage of mismatches. For a guy who is 6'10", he can shoot. He can really shoot the ball. A career career best in three-point percentage, explosive score once he developed his shot, and and most importantly, an all-around player, much like Jameson. He had the presence to score in the paint, but he was well-rounded when he developed his shot and being able to stretch the floor. He was an innovator to what big men have become today, which most of them have some shooting ability outside the paint, whether it's in the mid-range or beyond the arc. And he averaged 45% from the field in his career, 39% from beyond the arc in his career. Like in some seasons with Seattle and Orlando, he was averaging 40%, which is just bonkers considering he's 6'10". Need I remind you, he's 6'10". <laughs> like, his ability to have a shot developed, especially to complement a guy like Ray Allen with Seattle and to complement Dwight Howard and his time with Orlando, I think it makes him more versatile. And I think he's definitely overlooked when he became a role and when he eventually became a role player for the 2013 Miami Heat. And I think the things that I like about your two takes, honestly, the most is showing love to the big men, honestly. Nothing is more underrated than a big man nowadays. And the thing about Rashard Lewis, man, I mean, talk about occupying Florida down pat. I mean, between Orlando and Miami Heat, he was always a solid contributor. And I mean, I think that he was one of the players that allowed Orlando to play the way they wanted to play in terms of that inside-out style offense, dumping it down to Dwight Howard, him kicking out to shooters. I would say he was one of the more reliable shooters on the team, which made that offense something that they could actually run and run it well. I mean, the combination of him, Jameer Nelson, Hito Turkoglu, I think guys like that collectively around a guy like Howard at that time of his career are what not only allowed Howard to thrive, but in a way also allowed them to thrive. So I think the great part about that take is also that you spoke on his ability to shoot the three ball as a big man. It's one of those things where it shows how before their time certain players can be. And the transition for big men needing to be able to shoot the ball from from range is almost becoming like a requirement like if you don't check the box you're falling down the draft board nowadays and so for him to be one of those players that kind of represents that transition similar to guys like Dirk similar to guys like Chris Bosh Jack Sigma from forever ago in terms of being able to shoot the ball as a big man I just really mess with the take because there's so many big men who were almost a little bit overdeveloped for their time that I feel like, you know, if they were coming up as younger guys in this league right now, I feel like they would, they could easily get placed into championship rosters or even rebuilding teams and help with either putting them into a championship picture or making a struggling team, a perennial all-star style team, just by their ability to change the game from their position. Found that as a fire take, fire take. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Only hot takes here on the Hoop Talk podcast. (laughs) For sure, for sure. 
this was a great episode today. On the next episode, we're going to look at teams with the highest wasted potential.